Welcome to the 13th episode of the Dudes Spaked Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about homemade stained glass, nor is it a podcast about the best dog breeds for kids. This is a podcast that are about dudes that are spaking dudes and dudes who are being spanked by other dudes. And this podcast is hosted by two dudes. Hi, I'm Big Daddy Vegas. Hey, and I am Scott, better known as Red Spake Scott. Welcome to the podcast, Big Daddy Vegas. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I so appreciate you having me here, Scott, and everything you do for the uh, spanking community. Well, th- thanks very much. Yeah, so I met, uh, some background, I met uh, Big Daddy Vegas. He, we communicated a little bit on Spank This uh, Hookups. He's familiar with the podcast. We actually met at Moonbird Party uh, two months ago, uh, where he actually gifted me with a Jokari paddle, which I already have a Jokari paddle, so what it ended up being is a gift for Boss Man, who, for regular listeners of the podcast know, Boss Man is a guy I bought him for. And so the uh, paddle went to Boss Man, it ended up being a gift for Boss Man, and it was, it has been used on my butt now. So, so now don't, not only do I have a Jukari paddle that I use on other dudes, Boss Man now has a Jukari paddle that he can use on me and other dudes. So fabulous! I've seen it in action. <laughs> I've seen Boss Man use it on you. It was fabulous. Yes, yes. So thank you very much for the early Christmas present. My pleasure, and thank you again for all the stuff you do. I thought you deserve something nice, uh, just because all the stuff that you do do for the community. Well, thanks. I love doing this. I love doing the podcast. I, but I should we should open the podcast to talk a little bit about. Um, we did not have a podcast episode in November. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened with that because I had I was planning, you know, I was trying to plan um, an episode before I went away for a family cruise on Thanksgiving week. Uh, but what ended up actually happening is that I had a little bit of a health scare, um, and it's kind of interesting to talk about because there are some relationships with it in with the spanking community and being part of the spanking community. So, um, in short. There were some fears, uh, concerns, and actual real risks that I might have developed prostate cancer. Um, fortunately, oh. yeah. Fortunately, I did not, though. I am clean. I do not have prostate cancer. Um, but for the end of October, at about halfway through November, it became a big sort of concern. A lot of tests were being done. Um, and even though, you know, and it's funny, when I was when I was feeling sarcastic about it, I called it dude cancer because, of course, it's the prostate. So, so you know, it made me actually think mm-hmm. about the podcast, mm-hmm. dudes making dudes, you know, so I would get I, – I might have dude cancer. Um, and it's very for, – for those – for our younger members of the audience who may not have gotten to a point in their life where they're really thinking about things like prostate cancer, uh, prostate cancer is an extremely common form of cancer. Um, that men get, it's like the second most common form of cancer. Um, and men typically get it after the age of 50. I, that, that's what kind of, it threw me for a loop because I have not yet reached 50. I am not in a cancer risk category. So it was all a big surprise. Um, it is very, very treatable if caught early. So this is sort of a PSA announcement here, you know, just kind of make sure you're keeping track of that stuff when you're getting annual physicals. That's what, how we caught this. I had a chemical a blood test that showed antigen levels that were very, very high for some of my age. And that kind of became the way that we started researching this. Fortunately, it turned out, you know, that it was not an indicator that I have any, I don't have any tumors or anything unusual going on. My prostate is overly large for my age. So it's not something that we have to keep an eye on moving forward as I get older. And essentially it now means I am at a higher risk of getting prostate cancer. But I don't have it now. Um, but it did wreck my life for a month. To be very blunt, I was just a, I was just a mess, mm. and I was kind of trying to keep it to only a small group of people, including Boss Man in Sydney, um, who's been on our, our podcast a couple times. Uh, but it started just affecting my my mind so much that I essentially had to come out and let people let everyone around me know that 
we were investigating whether or not I had prostate cancer. So because it was just it was a mess and I couldn't concentrate to work on a podcast episode. Um, so apologies for not having a podcast episode in November, but uh, how this relates to the spanking community. Um, I've talked in, in several episodes about the importance of being part of the spanking community above and beyond just finding dudes to spank or dudes to spank you. And when I was going through this, Sydney, who is graduating next week from nursing school, so he knows a lot about things like this, you know, and boss man we're both very, very supportive people in my orbit in, you know, dealing with all of this. And I, yeah. And so having, you know, being part of the speaking community is also about having a group of friends who understand you and understand how your mind works and, you know, understand you in terms of how your kink and your fetish relates to your life. And so, you know, when I was, when I was dealing with this and I was talking to boss man, who is boss man is, part of the larger he's a cakester he's not just a spanking fetish he's into a whole lot of things and he's part of the larger SM and leather community in los angeles and you know and one of the things that he mentioned is that there are people in you know the SM and leather community who are like you know doctors and so some of the support that you get from being part of a community is having access to people who can talk about health issues with you but also understand these these other elements of your sexual persona uh, and so it doesn't become weird because like when I was at the, when I, I had to go to a urologist for the first time. And so I was doing all of, you know, all of these forms and, and part of it was, you know, he asks you about your, your sex life. And so I'm, you know, and about how frequently you get erections and all of these sort of things about, you know, uh, how how comfortable you are with you know how often you're able to have sexual activity i answered all this stuff honestly and i'm not a very sexual person um but i answered all this stuff because i thought it might relate to the risks for prostate cancer and so he came back to me he's like well if you're having problems performing then i can also help you with that i'm like oh and it came into this moment like i had to think about whether or not i needed to tell him about my fetish you know and whether you know and being a kinkster and, and you know and being a fetishist and not really having a lot of need for sex. And I, I didn't. So and he, did you tell him about your fetish? No, no, I did tell him I was gay because that became relevant because um, if, if you're gay and you've had sex recently, as particularly as a bottom, that can affect the chemical output of your prostate. And it's something that you need to kind of know about when, when this happens. Um, but I did not tell him about the fetish stuff this time. Cause we didn't, you know, it, it wasn't, we hadn't gotten to that point at, you know, and I'm like, Let's deal with the cancer first. <laughs> right, make sure you're yeah. getting all clear. Yeah, so having people like in the scene, like the minute I texted, um, the minute I texted Sydney and and Bossman about you know the 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 test, you know what was happening, you know Sydney knew how to interpret the test numbers that I had gotten back um, about my prostate. So it was like <clears throat> it was great having people know know me, and then also know the whole cancer stuff. So. So that's my, like, you know, I'm glad that part is over with, um, but it were, you know, my family was helpful, my coworkers were helpful, but also my friends in the spanking community were very, very, very helpful for helping me, you know, just kind of deal with that. Um, and, you know, and the one thing I want to say about being part of the spanking community is, you know, or any fetish community, the kink community, the reason those communities exist is not just to hook up, though that's certainly important part, but it's also, you know, people support each other. Absolutely. And the contacts you make along the way are so valuable. And yeah. just in your case in point. Yeah. Uh, and one other thing I want to bring up before we get into the Real Dude Spanking Real Dude section, there is a relatively new spanking party up in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, and I got permission by the guy who is putting it together to mention it in the podcast. He's had five of them so far, and they're meeting every other month in Pittsburgh. The next one is planned on Saturday, January 20th at a place called Lucky's. Um, I have no idea where that is. Uh, but the person you'll want to contact if you're in the Pittsburgh area, he is on Spank This Hookups as Spank PGH, which I'm assuming is Spank Pittsburgh for short, PGH is a common shorthand for Pittsburgh. Um, he also has a Facebook page called Spank Pittsburgh, if you're comfortable with talking about that on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, But otherwise, Spank PG, 
H. Hit him up on Spake the Hookups. It's always good to see uh, new spanking parties started in other parts of the country because uh, one of the big things one of the big things we hear is that uh, people don't have places to go meet other people for spanking. So I'm hoping that does well. He said he's getting about um, 35 to 45 folks at each. So that's really, really good. Um, that's actually what we get on like a slow moonburn party here in Los Angeles. So that's good news. So Awesome. Yeah, so today, one of the reasons I was thinking about uh, Big Daddy Vegas, uh, once I got to know him, is when I started the podcast, <laughs> one of the initial questions someone had for us was like, when I started the podcast, I was exclusively acting as a top, and someone early on asked, um, you know, you're going to talk about stuff for bottoms too, right? It's not just going to be about, you know, what's happening to tops. It's like, oh, no, sure, definitely. I used to be a bottom, you know? And so it's like I, I said, oh, I'll make sure we'll talk about bottom play as well. And then the funny thing happened is by the third episode of the podcast, I had started drifting back into being a bottom again. And uh, the funny thing that has happened is all of my guests on the podcast so far have been almost exclusively bottoms. And Brian is uh, himself, as he's gotten into spanking, he is, he's a switch, but he's, he's heavily into bottoming, and he's a very tough bottom. So we've, the funny thing is the podcast has kind of veered in the opposite direction of what I had worried about, and now it's very kind of bottom-focused. So, so Big Daddy Vegas here, um, he, I, I invited him so he and I can both talk about what we simply call tips for tops. And what the experience is like for tops, uh, what tops should be thinking about, um, especially when they're if they're new to this baking scene, because that's something that I've ex been experiencing through communications with me is a lot of younger people coming into this baking scene who love podcasts and are not very experienced as tops as yet. And you know, just simple stuff for new tops uh, or tops who are dealing with new folks are just things to really kind of keep in mind when you're being a top. So. Big Daddy Vegas, what's your number one tip for? Oh boy, there's so, <laughs> there's so there's so many, but the number one tip, um, I would say is follow your commitment. If you take the time to talk to somebody and establish establish this wonderful uh, scene that you're going to enter into, show up on time, and for the top as well. Have your place, if you're hosting, have that place be ready to go when that bottom, that sub, that spanky arrives. Time. Be on time. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's important. It's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for tops, especially younger tops, is that it's um, – you – need to find a way to host. There's sort of the expectation that the top um, arranges the, arranges the way that the scene, where the scene plays out, the, the details of the place. I pretty much, before I'll, before I host, and I have hosted a few times, honestly, though right now my, my apartment is a disaster and it really needs to be cleaned up before I host, but I'll, um, one of the reasons I arrange for people to come to Moonburn first is number one, make sure we we're compatible. Number two, to weed out flakes. Um, because that's the thing that happens is is people will message you when they're horny or something like that or, you know, or they're thinking about something and then they don't show up. So Absolutely. It's a fantasy sometimes to them and you've just completed their fantasy and they don't call you again or what have you. Also you, they don't have to. You guys don't have to meet at your home. The safer route would be to meet at a public area, say a pub or a bar or a Starbucks or something. If you have any kind of uh, red flag issues at all, or just as a, as a good safety precaution, meet, meet them out before you take them to your home. And they know where you live, and now you've established a hard um, place they know exactly where you are. Yeah, and then um, you know, if if home is not an option, if you're a younger top, um, then first of all, that's a good reason to try to find parties or events to go to. Second, um, you know, hotel rooms. Um, 
are an option that occasionally have some challenges. <laughs> yes, I, I want to talk about that actually, especially in um, if you're using paddles or something, and you meet up and you talk, you, you meet the guy at the hotel room. You brought your bag with you. By the way, another another good pro tip: always take a bag of your implements. You wouldn't show up to a construction site without a toolbox. So tops bring a, a small bag. I love the baseball type of bags because you can put canes and you can put longer, thinner items in there. And they're easy. They're very mobile. And um, But if you're using a paddle on a guy in a hotel room, well, like the Jakari paddle at full force sounds a lot like a 22 being fired and we and the last thing that you want is aunt mary in the next room next to you calling the police saying i think i heard shots fired and them relaying that issue to metro or your your local police department because what they're going to do is they're going to send a swat team to that area especially if it's in las vegas so the safer route now is not going to the hotel room. If you are, play with uh, implements that make a lot less noise. Yeah, things like canes and switches are great. I had a, a, a spank buddy that we were going to be hanging out in a hotel room, um, and I had he he had his own switches. I told him, you know, bring switches um, so that I could. I can manage them in switches. You know, they make they make a nice little sound, but you you can't hear them in other rooms. Canes. Um, uh, I a, think the uh, rug beater, a small rug beater um, that you can find online. They work great. They make very little noise. Um, hairbrushes are typically, um, if they're, I mean, actual hairbrushes and not like big uh, bath brushes can be a little bit too loud, but but smaller hairbrushes are typically okay. Typically okay. Um, also, like some of the paddles and bath brushes and things, if they're done over jeans, will lessen the noise quite a bit. Another thing, if you are in a hotel room, you don't have any other choices. Turn up the radio, turn up the TV, run a little bit of water in the bathroom. That gives you kind of some camouflage, yeah. that noise camouflage. And um, try if you're going to have to spank in a hotel room between the hours of 2 o'clock p.m. and 4 o'clock p.m. is when the, the place is least occupied. That means people are moving in and out of the hotel, and so that's prime time to give a spanking because not a whole lot of people are in that building. Yeah, and it's because we have the we have a sort of a mentality when you associate spanking with sex, of course, is that you want it to happen later in the evening. Um, but when you're dealing with a hotel, that's probably the worst time to do it because you know people are going to be in their rooms, people are going to be sleeping. Um, now you've made yeah right exactly now you've made a noise and you've woken those folks up and they're going to be pissed off yeah yeah and then there there are some hotels like if you go to major cities um what uh one thing you might want to do is check out uh people if you have buddies in the speaking community who have been to this major cities because there's there are hotels that they tend to go to that if they've had speaking experiences there, they know that they've, you know, there haven't been any problems. Because I know there's one, uh, I think there's a, in West Hollywood, I think it's a Holiday Inn in West Hollywood that a lot of Spacos who are visiting Los Angeles um, go to uh, and uh, and have been able to do spanking play in their rooms without any pro- without any serious problems. So just kind of keep in mind, talk to folks in the spanking community if you're thinking of going to any of these major cities and need a need a hotel room. And then of course there's now you know there are things like Airbnb, which I don't know. Uh, I haven't had any experiences, but maybe I don't know. Have you had have uh, have you had any experiences with Airbnb? I haven't had any experiences with the Airbnb. However. One thing I, I wanted a pro tip that you could take away from this is if you're you talk to the guys at the registration desk or gals, whatever it may be, and say, Hey, I'm going to get a little loud tonight. 
I'm having my own party in my room. Could you put me away from other guests if that hotel is not too occupied? Some reserve a whole wing just for that kind of activity because people are going to get loud, get noisy, whatever. And if you tell them up front, say, hey, I would like to be put at the end of the hallway, uh, up high, where that noise, if you do make a lot of noise, that's exactly what happened to me when I came to town for the Moonburn party um, in the 1st of December. I had somebody over there, and we had quite a time in that room, and I, you know, being from Vegas, I tipped that that front service desk, and I said, hey, you know what, I'm going to have a little party. I'd like to be set aside for a while. And, you know, and uh, he, he did it right away, man. He's just like, uh, you're now, you're no longer in room 303. You're in 422 or 522, whatever it was. And he moved me along and got a much nicer room, actually. And, and we did our thing and had a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about communication because that's a, a big deal. And in fact, I would say that every time I have heard from folks who have had a negative experience uh, with spanking, it fundamentally fundamentally ends up coming down to communication issues. It it's like if it's not number one, it coincides with number one. If you're not communicating, if you're not showing up on time, you can't communicate. If when you communicate, there's this thing that happens where you both are in sync. It sets the tone. You talk about beforehand, say you're on uh, spank this hookups or whatever medium you're on, and you ask the guy, okay, what kind of scene are you in? What kind of scene do you want? Uh what kind of role play do you want? Do you want a father-son role play? Do you want a coach-jock role play? Which I think are probably the hottest scenes <laughs> there are because they lead right into other things right away. And if you know all of those little steps up front, ask questions. What do you like to be spanked in? Is Does the top have a hang-up with certain types of underwear or whatever? Some guy only like to spank guys on a jock strap or white briefs. As for me, I don't care because it could be anything that the bottom wants to bring is fine with me because know that those are coming off and he's getting a sound spanking. And <laughs> so they're not going to be on for long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that tops – so. So I, I, we talk about the, the fantasies of the, that, that people have about spanking and how it relates to their play. And tops tops have fantasies, bottoms have fantasies, and everyone's entitled to their spanking fantasies. So what happens when a top and a bottom get together, though, is they need to negotiate. There needs to be this – typically, often, if they're not – you know, if the top and the bottom are not in the same space with what they're looking for – there could be a problem if there isn't a negotiation, and, and the top's role in this. What what often can happen is, you know, a top. There are tops who have very very flex, who are very flexible with what they like to offer. I am a very flexible top. I have my own fantasies. I've talked a lot about. I, I love bully fantasies as both the top and the bottom. Um, but I am flexible. Um, I'll try to accommodate a fantasy, other fantasies the best I can. There are other tops who have a more rigid idea of what they would like to experience as a top and what turns them on as a top. And tops are entitled to those fantasies. I don't want to suggest the idea that a top is bad if he likes a certain type of – if he has a very specific type of play that turns him on. You know, it's typically very discipline-focused. You know, the school teacher, the, the British caning thing is very, very – typical formal style of discipline. Proper, absolutely. Yeah, and they're entitled to those fantasies, but if the bottom is if the bottom has to have a different kind of fantasy fulfilled in order to be able to be in sync with the top, there need to kind of be some negotiations there. And exactly. You said the you said the word perfectly. It's sync. Yeah. If they're in sync and that schoolmaster uh, student works perfect. But if that 
bottom was looking more for a father's son type thing or a coach jock, you know, it might not work. Yeah. Yeah, and so then inevitably what I've heard from from bad experiences um, is and – and like what I've had a bad experience is the top there, – there wasn't this communication and the top just assumed that the seed would play out exactly the way that he wanted because mm. he because he's the top, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, and so and, – that's a, that's a good way. I don't mean to talk over you. That's a good way to never see that person again, right? And yeah, and, and what I would say to those kind of those kinds of tops, um, you can have that fantasy. Here's what happens, though. Yeah, not only you know if you scare away a top because you didn't accommodate the top, you'll never play with that top again. But if you're what people don't really think about in these situations because they just want to have this rigid fantasy fulfilled, if you accommodate your bottom, you know this bottom that you're new and you're new playing with. The more comfortable, the more in sync that bottom becomes with you, down the line, the bottom is going to be willing to relinquish more and more control. And eventually, the bottom, when the bottom goes to trust you, the bottom will be able to play the way the top wants to. And so you'll be able, if you're a rigid, if you're a top with a rigid fantasy, um, you may eventually, the, the, if you accommodate that bottom and and let that bottom feel comfortable down the line, you will be able to eventually have that experience with that Absolutely. bottom. Absolutely. So the, what we take away here is the top really needs to be flexible and really sync with the bottom and give him what he wants or think he needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does he need the discipline? Does he need a certain type of of role play to fulfill his fantasy. What else is going to get him there? You got to have um, a great warm up. This is another very important issue for me that I really want to talk about. And I got a lot of guys don't believe in it, don't do it, but even great spankers will spank less in the beginning. They they don't even know why they're doing it, but it's to get that endorphin flow for the bottom going. If you do, you can your scene will last so much longer and be so much more fulfilling for both of you. Because if I go into a situation, a scene, and this guy just wants three of the hardest licks with a Lexan paddle or ten licks or whatever it is, whatever the number is. By the fifth one, he's going to be screaming bloody murder and wanting it to end. You know what I mean? So right. you, if we, if I prepare the bottom correctly with a warm-up, I might use a belt over jeans at a, a medium um, swat and stuff like that to get the, the guy's butt warmed up in anticipation of what he's going to get. Yeah, and so and then doing that, of course, is again that sort of builds up more trust, and also as a top on that level, <laughs> I will hear from inexperienced bottoms and the, the, uh, who um, who think they want that no warm up spanking. Oh, <laughs> sure. I will. I will never on the the first time I spank someone, I will never do that, even if the bottom asks for it for exactly that because I. A lot of them do not realize how that actually plays out, and they'll discover, you know, if they if they don't have a lot of experience. Now, I have done no warm up, you know. Once I get to know a guy, I know what they can take. Well, then I, that's a whole if, that's a whole this, different yeah. It becomes whole different world because yeah, you've already established trust. Yeah, and that's the scene they want. And actually, I've done that, and I talked about it in the podcast. And for example, with now talking as a bottom, when I first started bottoming for boss bib, and even for the bully. Um, I was very cagey about it, and I wanted to, you know, and I was very much control. I was a very much a controlling bottom, you know. It's like here's the tool, you know. I, I used my own paddles. It's like here's this web paddle. Please, you know, could you use this on me? You know, start and you know. And I was very, very much, and it was sort of developing. And he and uh, Bossman was very respectful of that, but he did push me, you know, just the right way. And 
I became more and more comfortable with letting go, and now I have so much. Tr- you saw he you saw us play. I watched it, um, and, and in fact, I had like a bird's eye view. Um, I was we were in the large room at the Moonburn party, and you and Boss Man, you had just started the spanking, and he gave you a paddling. I mean, maybe fifty or a hundred with a very mild with either a Jakari or something similar to that, where you were getting your, you were really getting into it. Yeah. I mean, you got a, and then after that, he spanked you a little harder with a different implement and this and that. And by the end of it, you came over, we we started chatting, and you were in this whole <laughs> different level. I mean, your endorphins had kicked in. You were, like, flying. You could barely talk. But you were so excited that you couldn't stand it. Yeah. Because I mean, you just got this great spanking and you were so happy about the whole thing. And it was like, I, it was like the best conversation ever. Yeah. And yeah, I do definitely. And I've talked about it. Like I go into bottom mode. I definitely have a bottom mode. I'm definitely a different person as a bottom than I am as a top. And the thing about the experience is now I have so much trust in Bossman from all of this building up to this is that I don't know what he's going to do. And I love it. And he, in fact, it, we play off of that now. We have that connection that we're able to bounce off of that. So now, um, I don't know how intense it's going to be. I don't know what implements he's going to use. He deliberately sets me up so that I can't see the implements. He'll, he'll conceal them from me and put them in so I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing when you get to that point as a top and a bottom. But it's not something that we initially did. Right. Can I digress for just one minute? Sure. Just for a second. Um, One of the worst things that a new top can do, and I know this from experience, and when I was a new top, I mean, 25, 30 years ago, whatever it was, spanked a guy way too hard, way too fast. And you might turn that person off to the scene forever, off to the spanking scene, and that's the worst thing you could ever do as a top. Yeah, that's kind of that happened to Duke, um, who was on, on our podcast a few episodes ago. He His first kick experience was with an inexperienced top uh, with a belt, and he did, he, he rushed it. There's a tendency to rush, because I think I think the, the fantasy, there is the fantasy in her head of how, of childhood discipline and over-the-knee hand spankings, and the idea that that's what it's supposed to be like. But the reality is, you know, spanking is really different when you're adults. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and it is intended to kind of build someone up, and, you know, and you are doing a play that's supposed to last for a while. Um, you know, when I played with... Um, Brian, uh, for the first time, you know, my, my initial co-host, the co-creator of the podcast, that was something that, that he we discovered with him is that he was kind of rushing with his paddles and, and going too ah, fast and too quickly. Sure. And so I, it, it was funny because later when I was – when um, Brian started bottoming more, when he came to Moonburn, we discovered that he was a heavy-duty bottom. And, it, and that also could kind of influence <laughs> – how you how you behave right. as a top, and you assume that everyone can take that, and it and it's not true. Um, so yeah, one of the big things that happened is with the early top is too too fast and too hard, which actually leads to another big tip that, uh, um, and that is, <laughs> some tops are probably not going to like this, but you need to know what your implements feel like. Oh yeah, okay, I got I got one for you here, because I do I have another guy that I product test with any implement I buy and I have hundreds now I want to know exactly what that implement feels like on my butt before I put it on somebody else's butt and he does the same way we go back and forth and we have a good time with it we'll have a few beers have a few laughs but hey I got this 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 and this and let's test all of these and you know there's a couple of them that were Really a surprise. I, I bought this one heavy-duty cane, and I think I got it from Mr. S. Leather or something like that. I, I call it Thumper because it's a very thick, very kind of two-foot long. And, you know, 
we were both whacking each other pretty good with it. And it's like, hmm, that feels, it felt pretty good. It kind of thuddy, kind of thumpy, not much of a sting. And then I'm talking to him the next day and I said, how does your butt feel? And it's like, oh my God, it feels like, I don't know. It, it's, it hurts. It's stinging. I looked at myself in the mirror. I was black and blue <laughs> from this. I mean, big time black and blue in the space where that hit, that we had gone to town on each other. It's like, oh boy. Well, I mean, at least with that to that end, I know exactly what's going on with that implement and how I should use it accordingly. Yeah, and again, it is it's something that a lot of uh, a lot of tops, especially newer newer tops, might not think about. Uh, you're using your, especially if you're getting paddles. Paddles are all paddles are these unique little creatures. Like every oh. single every single paddle, whereas straps kind of straps have a sort of similarity where you can determine how you kind of know based on the weight and the length. You know, paddles can feel wildly different and so i've had all all of my paddles i've had i've had used on me so i know what they all feel like but then even then even then they feel different to other bottoms like there's there are bottoms who prefer the thicker paddles over the thinner paddles you know so but i know what this i know what they all feel like Um, absolutely absolutely and, and I, yeah, and I think what happens with new tops is that they'll get these, they'll buy these implements. Because I did this as a new top myself. I bought this paddle that I thought was this. I bought this cool, you know, small, really thick paddle. And then I discovered, <laughs> I discovered that that very, very few bottoms could take it at take all. It at all. And so right. it hardly ever gets used. So and, and you know, and that was a learning experience. So it's a, a huge waste of money. In uh, in that regard, if if I wanted to give somebody a pro tip on what to buy as a paddle, I would say buy a Jakari, go to a an eBay or an Etsy, and you can find them maybe two of them for thirty or forty bucks, because you're going to spend that on a very high quality paddle anyway, and then some. So if you have a a, a Jakari and your repertoire, at least you have something that, okay, this is kind of like a spanking industry standard. Yes. Everybody knows what a Jakari Palo is, and they know what they sound like. The sound is, I love the sound of a Jakari paddle hitting a guy's butt. It's just, it's just this amazing, its own thing, its own entity almost. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite paddle. It's, it's so versatile as well. I mean, it looks, you know, it's, if you're careful, you can, you can spank someone who doesn't have a lot of experience with it and go light. And if you've got a heavy, if you've got a very experienced heavy duty bottom, you can raise hell on their ass with it once, you, you know, once you've You absolutely can. Buy yourself a nice belt, a high quality belt. You know what I mean? Learn how to use it. And practice with it. Don't just think that you can uh, pull a guy's pants down and take him over the knee or a desk or a, a couch and think you're going to be good with a belt right away. I, I got news for you. It's not going to happen. It's not the way that Daddy did it back when you were 12 years old and stole a bicycle. It's not like that. When, and, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I would actually that made that reminded me. Um, is it, I've mentioned before it's important for bottoms to acknowledge, and they typically do acknowledge when they're they're inexperienced, so that the top knows that they that they're dealing with someone who doesn't have a lot of speaking experience. I think the same kind of goes through goes is true for top. I'm I'm very experienced with paddles, with things like straps and belts. I'm still learning straps. I I've barely ever used straps and, and floggers. I have no idea, and so. It's important to kind of communicate that as a top, so the bottom knows, and like, and and the bottom can communicate with you. Like, for example, if uh, some bottoms, if you're using something like a strap or a belt, 
they want to make sure it hits the butt only. They don't like it when it sometimes it'll wrap around the you know the the hip. Some guys actually like that though. I've discovered which kind of fa- which I find kind of fascinating. Most guys don't. So you need to let them know that you're not an expert either. So you guys know that you need to communicate with each other while you're doing this. Here's the thing: practice. Yeah. With a belt, seriously, get some pillows together. Um, stack them up on a chair or something, wrap that belt where you're going to actually use it, where you're coming down with a swat and see how accurate you are with that and measure up. So you're not having a wrap around, you know, you want to, you want to come about three inches inward. Your mark is three inches inward. So if you have any overlap that, that extra inches that you've given yourself on that downstroke, it won't overlap. It should hit the butt perfectly. I mean, I've, that's, I probably, my biggest area of expertise is with belts and straps. And I use them all the time. Uh, I feel I'm extremely good. I've been told I'm extremely good. And I will, I'll be happy to teach you, um, because everybody has a weakness. I'm not perfect. I, there's some stuff that I need to, to learn, I'm sure, along the way that I haven't used. But in the area of straps and belts, um, I'm very good with that. Just saying. Yeah, and then I think to, to wrap this up, I think the, 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 the when we taking all of this back and circling it back to communication um, – Always don't be afraid during as a top, and I always do this with new bottoms that I haven't played with before, even if they're experienced bottoms, communicating during the scene about how the bottom is feeling uh, about what's happening because they can they can either you know the way that they respond can can reinforce that you're you're in sync first of all, that they're liking the level of pain. Or that, you know, if they're being kind of, oh, everything's fine, and, you know, that's kind of a cue to you as a top to kind of maybe raise the heat level a little bit and apply a little bit more pressure uh, because, you know, you want to kind of get them into that phase where it's where they're, they're feeling pushed by the pain. Um, so don't be afraid to communicate with someone that you don't know very – a bottom that you don't know very well – during the scene, and I want to kind of give an example because I screwed up at uh, Moonbird a couple months ago mm. uh, with a with a, with a newcomer to the party who was invited by some spanking buddies. He, they were playing off to the side, and this was actually where I met you, um, your first Moonburn. And so I was chatting with some other folks, and I might have been chatting with you. And one of my spanking buddies came over and pointed out this this new young guy who it turned out was pretty inexperienced. And he said, hey, can you come over and, and, and bully my buddy here and spank mm. him a little bit? Yes, and I remember I'm like, that. ooh, bully, you know, because bully is very much a trigger word for me as, you know, oh, anyone who wants to be bullied is, is going to the top of my interest list. So the thing, though, is um, because there was this sort of scene playing out, um, I, I, walked, I walked into this scene – and we didn't really communicate what his interests were beforehand. And I made a mistake of, you know, like, say, assuming that because my friend communicated to me that he wanted to be bullied, that I could just kind of do typical bully things without communicating with him. And so I walked over to him and, you know, growled at him and, and, and acted like an asshole on purpose. And then I kind of did a bully move and grabbed him around the neck. And that made him very uncomfortable immediately, and he asked me to not do that, which I did immediately. I immediately pulled away from that. Um, I did spake him um, a bit with uh, with my hand and my light paddle. It was very clear to me, though. We were not in sync, and so I, I smacked him a little bit, um, spanked him a little bit. I didn't get really intense. Um, I stuck with verbal, you know, sort of humiliation and left it there. I talked a little bit later. Right. Yeah, so I left it there at that. I realized I had made a mistake there. 
a little bit later on when he was playing with Summer, I ended up coming back and talking to him out of character, you know, not being the bullet. It just make it clear that I understood what had happened, that I had taken a liberty uh, with him that I probably shouldn't have until I had known him better. And so I just kind All of right. restructured my thought process with dealing with him. And so, like, if he ever – he was from out of town, so I, I don't know when he'll come back to Moonburn. You know, so if I see him again, if we play again, I have a better sense of what to do and what not to do. I watched that whole – the whole thing go down. And I'm always thinking to myself, well, how would I respond as a top – and what you did in that, in the heat of the moment, in that heat of battle, with the other guys that were playing around like they were, that was, it seemed like that was the thing to do. However, I don't know if, if there's all kind of way you can, you can embarrass a person, yeah. embarrass, embarrass a guy like that. What I love to do, and this is another top, um, a tip for top. You can take a credit card, you can take a, a bottle cap, you can take all kinds of stuff and have them go to the wall, put their hands over their head or behind their back, whatever you want to, and put them in the corner or on the wall for a while and talk to them. You can talk to them as sternly as you want to. You don't even have to touch them, but they know you're there. You're the, the force of you is all around them. And if you want to engage them, spank them with your hand. You know what I mean? That's never a, that's never the wrong move. And he's, he's, um, completely naked anyway. Spanking with, with his, if he like loses his focus or attention, slap his butt with your hand and get him, snap him right back into focus and into your reality. Um, to conclude this real-life section of the podcast, just keep in mind as a top that definitions and mentalities and psychologies for these concepts can vary from, from person to person. What humiliation means, what bullying means, what punishment means, discipline, all these common words that we throw around as spankos, you know, they can mean different things from person to person. And so even when you think you're on the same wavelength on the idea of what a discipline is, what a caning is, you know, what a paddling is, what a spanking, it's very important to keep those communication lines clear and then as you play, the reward for this, the, re the reward for a top at having those communication lines and being careful and making sure you're appealing to your bottom interest early on is repeat play. And, Correct. And the more you play with this boy, the more you play with your bottom, the more you play with your dude, uh, the more you're able to take control of it. It's like my commitment is like a trap closing because there are guys that I've been spanking for years and I, and because I've gotten to know them, there's no discussion. It's like me and boss man. Now there is no discussion about what I'm going to use, how long it's going to be, how intense it's going to be. I am in complete control and I'm able to kind of shape it a little, you know, as a top, but I know that I know that they are satisfied by the experience and that is the reward for for doing all of that. Absolutely. Same way here with some of my, the guys that I play with, I know that if I tie them up or tie them down, there's no hesitation. There's no gray area. They're going for it because they have that complete trust factor with me. They know they're not going to get harmed. They know they're never going to be in harm's way. And, but they're going to get one hell of a spanking. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, with that's a lot of stuff to think about. If, if you are a, I would just suggest, if you are a new top and you have any questions, uh, send, them, send them our way and we'll, we'll figure out if we, we can come up with answers for you. So Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to the fantasy life of spanking. And we'll, we'll go seasonal with this one because uh, uh, I was just at a friend, uh, a spanking buddy's house. Uh, every year he has a, a spanking-themed Christmas party. Uh, and every year at the Christmas party, Santa Claus comes for a visit. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. And uh, naughty boys, of which there seem to be a lot of naughty boys at this Christmas party. 
um, are are disciplined for their misbehavior with a uh, with uh, some paddle swats, and and then they are giving a, a, a Christmas present, uh, typically of a little paddle, and uh, and as the holiday season comes around, it's fascinating to me how prominent a role Santa Claus plays in spanking fantasies. I, and it's funny before, um, right before we we recorded this, and I said, oh, let's do some research on and. If you look at uh, a lot of major spanking video companies historically, they've all produced a Santa Claus-themed spanking video. Man's Hand has one that I bought. Not because of Santa Claus, because it had a, a hot cowboy who got spanked in a union suit um, with the flap down. Um, uh, but I did uh, – I went to Clips for Sale, which – Clips number four – sale.com if you're not familiar with it it's a it's a very very big site to get uh access image uh studios from amateur uh porn and uh i went to the mail mail spanking category and you can search you can do search terms and you know like how google has autocomplete for common search terms you can start typing something in and it, it guesses what you want to say well it has this <laughs> and so i started typing wow. so i started typing santa claus and i just got to s a N and then suddenly it popped up Santa spanking and I'm like oh my <laughs> and so it auto completed it for me and there were about I want to say there's about a dozen spanking themed videos uh, and those and that was just in the mail mail category it's also you know a very prominent spanking for uh, men and women as well where women women being spanked by by Santa Claus so. Um, but we're all about the dudes, so so what do you think about this? Uh, I think it, I think it's going back to the childhood stuff. Is that it's he's got the black gloves on, he's got the black boots on. You know, if it wasn't a red suit, he could like look like he just got off of a motorcycle or something, and <laughs> say, "Hey, man, wow, this this." guy would be fun to play with you know what i mean oh yeah and there are so many like leather daddy adaptations of you know that that it, he's been santa claus has literally been dragged into leather daddy fantasies there was like somebody that i follow on tumblr an artist who does who does a lot of uh bondage and 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 leather art and he has this sort of buff buff beefy version of santa claus all in you know with leather and and you know and a red you know little little red micro shorts instead of the whole red outfit and it's like don't it's, it's like going back and, and you're growing up it's like okay little bobby you got to be nice or santa claus won't bring you this bicycle or or he might come down the chimney and spank your butt yeah you know if you're a, if you're a naughty boy and ate his cookies or something like it's used as a discipline tool to keep kids in line, basically. And then, of course, yeah, and then the funny thing is, like, nobody ever really thinks about the idea that your little kid might have a fetish. And, <laughs> and, and so it be, this often becomes the an early idea, I think, in, in the impressionable minds of children of the idea that, that maybe you actually want a spanking. And... And it's and it's bringing in another version instead of your parents. I think that plays a factor as well because now it's not your mom or dad giving you a spanking; it's Santa Claus giving you a spanking. Or, you know, there there are kids who I, I knew who fantasize, of course, who, who fantasize about getting spanked by their teacher in school. You know, if you if you went to a school that had cor where corporal punishment was legal, so you know, it's something that comes around during your very formative years. Um, before you actually know you have a spanking fetish. And so it's something that gets lodged in there. Absolutely. And once it's in there, this is what we become. We become spankos and, <laughs> <laughs> we're, and we make podcasts about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how it's like whatever it is. My, my family was never big on – my dad was never big on using Santa Claus to – you know, the Santa Claus spanking threat. My dad didn't wasn't into spanking, as a matter of fact, um, or using it as discipline. But for me, the formative – and I, we've talked about this with – and it, the same was true for Brian. Um, we were very much – in our formative years, were exposed to spanking by cartoons, and that kind of 
that kind of affixed in our mind. And so now we both are uh, enjoy seeing cartoon images of like animal, you know, you know, cartoon representations of spankings as well. And that, that has lasted with me as an adult. Um, and so, so for other people though, it's this whole Santa Claus fantasy. And so he, uh, at the party we went with, uh, we went with the buff shirtless Santa Claus this year. Uh, we've had, oh. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we've had big, you know, we've had the traditional Santa Claus this year. We went, we, uh, one of our, one of our Spacos in our, in our LA, uh, circle is, a very, uh, well-built, uh, gentleman. And so we had the, the buff Santa with the, the beard and the, the hat and the, the red shorts as opposed to the big, uh, red outfit. Wow, that's pretty hot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who, who wouldn't want a Christmas gift like that? Hey, Buff Santa, come on! Or in like in my my world, like I'm gonna spank Buff Santa. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't end up getting. I didn't end up getting spanked by Santa. I'm still. I I have not. You didn't. No, I still have not gotten. What? I still have not gotten to that place where I am comfortable being spanked by uh, just being randomly spanked i I'm, I'm hoping to get there right now i'm still just with boss man and then when the wow comes man visit... you are i mean that you could have fooled me <laughs> I, seriously because you took such a good spanking with boss man in front of all those other folks that i would i would say you could get spanked by anybody at a drop of a hat We'll see. I thought about it. I thought about I thought about submitting, but I, ultimately I, I didn't do it. And it only would have been like ten or twelve swats, you know. But I'm just like it makes me. It still makes me a little bit nervous. Mm. Um, so, but I mean, maybe next, maybe next Christmas. Um, this is this is a point that I want to bring up too. Is don't let fear uh, get in the way of you getting a spanking, because so many guys they try to hook up, and at the last minute, they let fear carry them away in some other place, and then they don't call the guy, or they don't you know, make that final arrangement. It's like, don't let fear hold you back. Go to a moonburn party. There, It's not that big a deal. Everybody's very chill. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. If you want to be a voyeur and watch the whole time, that's cool, and nobody's going to say anything about it. But if you want to engage in some play, talk to a guy. Say, hey, man, you want to play? Would you like to whatever? And people are very, very receptive to that. Don't let fear um, slow you down from getting the spanking that you need. Yeah, so what he did is funny. He, he, knows, me, he knows me pretty well. He did actually call me. Uh, call me out to see, and what I did, <laughs> because it, it also so happened that my uh, the bully victim, which I need to come up with a nickname for him since I keep referencing him on the podcast, he was there at the party, um, and he knows uh. he knows full well he's my revenge still is coming for him uh, for him uh, passing me over to the bully for punishment. Uh, so he was sitting there, and so when Santa called my name, what I did is I got up and acted as though I was going to come over to him. Instead, I grabbed my victim. Ah, that's awesome! <laughs> and pushed the victim over to him to get his spanking. So, so I got to, so I got to incorporate my bully play and make my and make my victim take my Christmas spanking, spanking for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's that's awesome, man! That's that's quick thinking. <laughs> that's really quick thinking, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so now um, now when the bully <laughs> – now I have to worry about what's going to happen with the bully. The bully listens to the podcast, and so he's mm -hmm. he's paying attention to whenever I treat the victim poorly. So now mm -hmm. he's going to hear the story that I just told, and he's going, to, he's going to plot to torment me the next time he comes to town. So it will all circle around. Santa Claus didn't punish me for being a bully, but uh, the, 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 the other bully will, will beat the crap out of me. Mm. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm the guy who spanks the bullies. So <laughs> if you ever have a problem with him, just send him my way, Coach Frank or Big Daddy Vegas. Coach Frank on South Spank, by the way. Um, you send him my way, and I said, okay, you've been a bully, huh? I got something for you. <laughs> I got something brand new for that ass. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, that'll wrap up. So Santa Claus, of course, very 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 prominent. Uh, Prominent leader in spanking fantasies. I think we're also very much 
in a sort of a, a stage in spanking culture where like millennials who are getting into spanking, so they're in their 20s and, and, and early 30s now, um, they actually are interested in older men, which kind of like I'm a Gen Xer. There was for, for my generation, there seemed to be this sort of even split where there are a lot of Gen Xers who were into the older guys. But I'm very much of a peer. Boss man is my age. Um, and we prefer to play with people our own, our own age and are not necessarily tied to this sort of punishment or you've been a naughty boy thing. But I'm my experience of what I'm seeing with like millennials, you know, this new generation coming into spanking is they are very comfortable with the whole um, older man. Not all of them. So it's very important not to generalize. But not only are a lot of them comfortable with older men, a lot of them I've discovered I've discovered that um, young guys who are younger than me want to spank guys who are older than me. And mm. that's a dynamic that's just fascinating. So there are some young guys there who want to spank Santa Claus, and I, I, that's very interesting, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I should be careful if I dress up as Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, Junior, what are you doing following me into this room? <laughs> so let's. Uh, so we'll wrap up the fantasy section. I did get a question that would be that is a perfect question for 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 Big Daddy Vegas here. Um, and then it came to me through um, through Scruff actually, which is was a bit of a surprise because I, I don't really hear from a lot of people on Scruff. I usually just people who want to have sex and ignore the fact that I'm holding a big paddle in my picture. Um, so, but someone had, who uh, found my podcast and then found me on Scruff. And he's a newcomer. He's a new top. He, and the reason he's getting into spanking is because he found a, a boy who wants to be spanked. And so he's, so he's listening to podcasts and getting to know. And so he wanted to know about whether uh, slapping the whole, slapping the anus, that, that whole, the, the whole part of the ass crack, whether that is part of spanking play. Um, and it is, but I really haven't ever actually done it. And it wasn't something that really interested in me as a bottom. But you have done this, right? I absolutely have, but that goes back to probably another thing too, is is you always want to show up to the place clean and well presented. You know what I mean? If you're if that's part of your play, which sometimes some guys love that, absolutely love that, and that's kind of like a main course for them. Is well, you have to negotiate that as well before you guys ever meet. You say, is that part of, are you going to, um, what implements are you going to use? It's a very sensitive area. So you have to get a small flogger uh, to get in that crack or a um, crop, a small belt, a thin belt, or cane specifically for that area. And you, some people love it. And some people can take a whole lot of punishment there too. Again, you got to feel it out and you got to communicate. Just like with this, if we can wrap up this whole podcast in one word, it'd be communication. Is be talking to these guys and make sure that boundaries are set. And but you're also going to, as a top, as a good top, you're going to raise those boundaries and those limits as they present themselves. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So what is – so what is it – why are guys – this is a, an area that I haven't really delved into. So obviously, I mean, how does – I think it's pretty self-explanatory how you do it. I, and I've seen people do it. Uh, but but what does the bottom get out of that? The bottom I, – I believe it's, it's uh, acceleration of massaging the prostate because it's such that in that zone – it's that there's so it's you're so in close physical proximity there. I mean, you're at the entry point and man, that it's a can take that guy that bottom to a whole new level. Yeah. 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 So so uh, I, I hope our uh, our buddy listens to this podcast episode. Uh, and uh, if anyone has any questions about about doing that kind of spanking, definitely um, send them. Uh, my way, and I'll do my best to get answers. It's just one of those areas that I don't have a whole lot of experience. It's like, like you said, someone would have to ask me to do that because it would be something that I've never even thought about. But the the thing you mentioned, 
Um, make sure you're clean back there. Um, That's right. That's right, man. It's an awkward and embarrassing thing to kind of have to bring up, you know, but uh, it's something that guys really don't think about. And, you know, particularly, you know, um, unless they're really, really getting spanked a lot or are very, very sexually active, uh, people oftentimes don't really think about um, really cleaning back there. Um if you're if you're going out to do spanking play every you know when I'm when I'm planning to go out to if I'm planning to go out to see boss man or you know and there's a possibility that this is going to happen I give that whole back end there some special attention uh, <laughs> hey man it's it's all part of common sense and basic house rules I mean show up with to the guy on time be fresh and clean clean clothes bring mints because you don't want to be smelling like a pepperoni pizza when you walk into the guy's house. And that goes both ways. The tops should be accountable just like the bottoms are and have their place clean and, and be clean themselves and, you know, have the, the house smelling decent. Yeah, Not overpowering, that, but just decent. Yeah, that can kind of interfere with the bottom getting into sync with you. If they're if they're thinking, you know, if, if uh, they're thinking about having to think about something smells funny, you know, then, then, <laughs> then you know, <laughs> that's <always> horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened, you know, so yeah. And what a wonderful way to wrap up our Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> don't, uh, don't, uh, don't be a ho, ho, ho. Yeah. So I, I want to thank, uh, uh, big daddy Vegas for, uh, for being my guest here on the podcast. And you are literally, you're a big daddy Vegas on spank this hookups, right? Correct. And Coach Frank on South Spanking. Um, and thank you so much for having me. Again, Scott, you're the best. And, um, and if anyone, um, anyone, if you want to reach me on the podcast as usual, um, you, I can be reached on Spanking's Hookups as Red SPK Scott. I could also be reached on WAPS on Recon, on Tumblr, and on Scruff as Red Spank Scott. So, let's get it. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, fellas. Happy holidays.